Welcome to season four of the Fit Farming Food Mom podcast. Connie is a world champion powerlifter, former bodybuilder, and an elite trainer and nutrition coach. As a movement enthusiast and health nerd, she is here on this show to speak with educated guests and dive into the realm of all things health, fitness, mindset, and everything in between. If you enjoy this show, please do us a huge favor by smashing the like or subscribe button and leaving a review. Now, let's get to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm excited that you're going to be joining me for my talk today with Catherine Staffieri. Catherine is a registered dietitian and nutritionist, and she currently works as a nutrition manager at NutriSense, which if you haven't seen one of their ads on your phone, they are a continuous glucose monitoring company. Now, as you know, if you have been a listener of the past episodes, I wore a continuous glucose monitor for quite a while. It was one of the best health hacks I've ever experienced was also really, really fun to watch what my blood sugar did at all hours of the day, including when I was sleeping. So today she comes on the show, we kind of retouch on healthy blood glucose, things that you can get from understanding it better. And we just have a really awesome talk. So I'm excited for you to hear that today. Uh, Before we get going, you know what I'm going to say. LMNT Electrolytes is the sponsor of this podcast. They are amazing. Uh, We put up probably close to 60 tons worth of hay. It was uh, 30 total, but we had to handle it twice because you got to throw it out of the field onto the tractor, then unload that into the barn. So it's a lot of work and I sweated like crazy. And it was really good to stay hydrated with something that wasn't full of sugar. So right now, currently addicted to the grapefruit. I think it's still available. If you pop on over to drink lmnt.com forward slash Connie. You can order yourself a box or two or three, and then you also get a free gift along with that for using my link that I just gave you. So drinklmnt.com forward slash Connie. Go get yourself some good electrolytes, no sugar, no artificial anything, no artificial sweeteners. They are naturally sweetened with stevia and they are just a great product. I'm addicted. I know I say that every time, but it's the truth and I wouldn't push anything that I don't use myself or totally love. So I hope you love them too. Give me your feedback on that. I always love to hear what other people's thoughts are. And before I keep going on with this, here is my episode with Catherine. All right, Catherine, I'm excited to have you joining me on the show today. I have talked about blood glucose regularly in the past, but I haven't touched on it for a while. So today you're going to come on the show and talk about all things blood glucose so that we can kind of do a refresher course for the listener. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This is probably one of my favorite things to talk about. So happy to be here. And it's your job, which makes it even better, right? And it's my job. (laughs) (laughs) I can understand that. I do the same thing. So um, first of all, who are you? What do you do? What got you sitting here talking to me? Totally. So I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and I've been working at NutriSense for about two, a little over two years now. Um, This is actually a second career for me. So I used to work in finance, um, doing all sorts of, you know, crazy financial things. And I realized, hey, this really is not what's getting me going during the day. Um, I found myself 
reading articles on science, reading articles on food, reading articles on exercise, just learning myself that that was really where my passion lay. So I felt fortunate. I went back to school, got my degree in nutrition education and wore many hats since then. I think most dietitians out there have to wear many hats uh, in order to make it in this business and, uh, uh, you know, worked outpatient, had a private practice. So I've talked to tons and tons and tons of people about all different kinds of, um, you know, maybe health issues or just concerns. And then I found NutriSense and that was where things just sort of skyrocketed. Uh, NutriSense is a super cool company. I can talk a little bit about that. It's a, uh, one of the fastest growing health tech startups. Um, what we provide is an app-based experience using a continuous glucose monitor, as well as a month of uh, dietitian support. So we really kind of come at it in uh, multiple different ways uh, to really help everyone optimize their health. I love this. And this is a really interesting space that you're coming from because I find dietitians are one of the broadest spectrum of people I talk to because you've got the total allopathic Western dietitians, and then you have the more functional-based, prevention-based dietitians, and they kind of bang heads sometimes. So that puts you in an interesting space. It really does. I mean, so many of the dietitians, when they come to NutriSense, they're like, what? They're like, they're like, let free. They're like, oh my God, I can explore all the stuff that I ha- wasn't able to in a traditional clinical setting. And they're like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to really dig into this. And yes, I've always thought that this was useful and helpful. And this kind of technology really could be worn by so many people and can benefit so many different people. Um, and then we do have some of uh, some of our dietitians, um, our, our new, actually our nutritionists are coming from more of that uh, functional medicine background. And they're like, yes, like this is where we can reach so many people on a much broader scale. Yeah. So this is all wonderful things that I'm seeing happening with the current climate. Thank goodness. Um, But let's dive into, so let's just start from the very basics for people that might be new here, because if people have been listening to me for a while, they know about these things. They probably even consulted with me, who knows, right? So let's start with the basics. What is blood glucose? Why is it important? And why do we need to be paying attention to what's going on with it? Absolutely. I think that's like, one of the biggest questions people are like, I'm not diabetic. Why would I do this? Like what, you know, and it's like, okay, there's, <laughs> there's a total reason for why, why we want to do this, but in a basic understanding of it, blood glucose is the amount of glucose, which is the simplest form of a carbohydrate and it's floating around in your blood, right? So what happens is we take in carbohydrates, all different kinds of carbohydrates, and the body essentially breaks it down into that most basic building block of glucose. And then the glucose after it goes, you know, has has been broken down, it goes into your bloodstream and it floats around. And the body really loves glucose. The brain loves glucose, right? So we, we want to use it. It's our, it's one of our main sources of energy. It's, it's really fantastic. And so what we need to do in order to get that glucose into your cell, in order to use it for energy, we need insulin. So Some people get really confused. They're like, am I looking at insulin with this thing? Like, how does insulin, what is insulin? And we have to explain insulin's a hormone. It's produced in your pancreas. And insulin and glucose, we we really want to keep those two in balance, right? The amount of glucose that comes in, your body says, 
I'm smelling some glucose. And so the body will produce insulin and you hope that they, that they match up, right? So that the insulin we compared to, you know, lock and key kind of situation, the insulin is the key that unlocks the cell and allows the glucose to go in to be used, right? That's when everything is working as it should be working. And that's really what we're trying to optimize. And what we're finding is that many people don't have that system working as well as it should be, but we don't find out until it's far too late. Mm -hmm. So this is really a preventative kind of thing. And that's, that's really probably what your audience is all about, right? We want to prevent things. You know, we want to prevent the diagnosis that's going to happen in 20 years by taking steps right now to make sure that we optimize our longevity, that we're feeling great, that our bodies are performing in the best way possible. Absolutely. And I kind of explain this, like people are like, oh, well, my blood sugar is okay. Or the doctor did my A1C and that's okay. I'm not in any diabetes or prediabetes, so I'm fine. And I'm like, well, listen though, there's a preventative take on this. And if you're checking things such as insulin and frequently monitoring your blood sugar, uh, pre and postprandial, which is before and after meals, uh, then you can actually really hack your system and get the best out of your health before anything goes wrong. Right. Right. And you know, when a lot of people are like, well, I got, you know, I saw, saw my doctor six months ago, my physical, everything was fine. Everything was within normal limits. My doctor said, there's no problem. I always say, okay, well, you know, that's you on a Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. What about every other day, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and for women, where are you in your cycle? You know, like there's so many factors that a one point in time lab draw does not capture at all. And, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're taking a bunch of finger sticks for like a week, there's only so many finger sticks you could take, you know, to sort of draw the points together on a graph, right? Mm-hmm. Seeing it on a continuous basis is really fascinating. And you can pick mm-hmm. up on trends that you might not even realize are happening. Um, I like to compare the CGM to a window inside your body. I'm like, who doesn't want to see what's happening inside your body? Everyone mm-hmm. should want to know what's going on in your body. You should, you should want to know what happens when you work out or when you have a terrible night's sleep or when you're stressed or something. It's super cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and that was something that um, early on in my journey, I've always been a huge advocate of checking blood sugars uh, just for the sake of my own experimental things that I like to do. Right. And so But there were some places where I was falling short at night is a huge one for people. They don't realize that a lot of these wake cycles that they're having and things have a lot to do with their blood glucose. Now, there are some other reasons, cortisol, et cetera, that can cause our blood glucose to do weird things. But uh, you can't see that. You're not going to wake up in the middle of the night and prick your finger and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I I, I went low or I went like you're not going to know these things. Right. So for me, that was like the, the complete kicker on getting to learn more about my body. And then secondarily, at the time I was experimenting with the keto diet and I was cycling and I was noticing that if I would get to a certain place, I would have some sugar troubles. And I started paying attention to that with a CGM. And when I was wearing it, I noticed that if I would get over a certain heart rate, I was now in a more glycolytic state. And so my body was actually making sugar for itself to use for energy, even though I wasn't consuming it, uh, sugar. So it was really, really interesting to see the different patterns and what my body did to counterbalance whatever I was doing. And that is where one of these can be instrumental in understanding your body because yeah, you're right. A finger prick is only goes so far. Is it better than nothing? Absolutely. I encourage people to do it, but there are better ways too, where you can really dive into the nitty gritty of everything. 
Yeah. I think people are always so surprised when they're working out, they're doing like a hit workout and they're like, wait, why did my glucose go up? Like I, I, we, I get that all the time. And I'm like, it's, it's exactly like you explained. You weren't, you know, your body didn't have enough fuel readily available energy to fuel your workout. So it had to pull it out of storage um, and create some in order to fuel your workout. And people are like, oh my God, I had no idea. But generally, whether it's, um, you know, steady state zone two exercise or, you know, really intense anaerobic, um, you know, hit workout, you know, yes, you might have some fluctuations around that time, but by the end, you know, later on in the day or overnight, you will, you will see a decline in glucose just because you have used up so much in that workout. Yeah, absolutely. So this is all really fun stuff. So what do healthy blood glucose levels look like? (laughs) Oh, there's no perfect. I want to start by saying there's no perfect. There's no ideal glucose pattern that we expect everyone to achieve. Right. And so that's, that's a big thing too. We get when people come in to the program that have a really high health knowledge or, you know, are really kind of keyed into this. They're like, well, what's, what am I looking for? What's my goal? What am I aiming for? And we like to remind people, you know, listen, it's, it's an N equals one experiment. This is you and your life and your body. So we're trying to find what's best for you. We're not trying to fit you into someone else's life and someone else's meal plan or exercise plan. Right. Mm -hmm. So to say that, but we do have parameters that we like to see. So we like to think um, of a a range, you know, and and we measure, you know, time within range, which is between 70 and 140, right? So typically, and and again, this can be adjusted depending on, you know, whoever, whoever they're, they are, what they're coming to us with, but generally it's 70 to 140. And we want your glucose to fluctuate in between then. We also want your glucose variability, which we think is a really important statistic. That's something that definitely is very difficult to measure, Sing on a singular finger stick, or you know, even with a couple ones. So that it's that variability. It's that it's that how much is your glucose swinging up and down? What's the change in your glucose, right? Because if you're eating, you know, you might be eating like pineapple, and your glucose could swing up super high, right? Go over that 140, but you might quickly produce enough insulin to bring you back to baseline. And if you were just taking a finger stick before and a finger stick after, you might think, oh, I'm no change. Everything's fine. Meanwhile, in between that, you've had this huge swing, right? So that's what this is really great in measuring is that it can see how much are you swinging up and down uh, in your glucose variability. And we want to keep that on the lower, you know, the, I always like to say gentle ocean waves, not big tsunamis or, you know, huge crashes. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's another thing you just brought up crashes. Let's, let's dive into that just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people this is something that I talk to a lot of people about going back to your question of, you know, why should I even do this? I say, you know, how do you feel at 3 PM most days? How are you feeling? You feeling ready to go? Are you crashing? Are you really exhausted? You know, how do you feel in the morning? Are you, are you just, is, is it a struggle to get out of bed in the morning? So a lot of times what we'll see is that by taking better control of your glucose, by, by having better glucose management, your energy levels are steadier, you feel better, you don't have these wild swings and these awful crashes. So a lot of times the the, the crashes can happen, what we call is reactive hypoglycemia. That's when you might have a, a huge influx of sugar in a meal. So say, you know, it's lunchtime, um, you have a soda, you have maybe some fries, you have, you know, something like a sandwich, a burger, something like that, right? A huge influx of glucose and your body overcompensates and produces more insulin than you need. So basically your glucose starts out at a baseline, 
swings up really high. Your body senses that swing produces too much insulin and you crash down below where you started. That's when you feel, sometimes people feel fatigue. They feel, you know, brain fog, dizziness. Some people even feel nauseous. They feel shaky. Then that perpetuates it and you you reach for another, you know, cup of coffee. You reach for another soda. You reach for another snack because you're like, oh, I have this low blood sugar. And there you are starting the cycle all over again. Mm -hmm. I feel like naturally people's bodies with these swings, they start craving things too, right? Things, those things that get you that instant blood glucose spike so that you can get back to that baseline. And so you see people that frequently like eat, you know, fast food, like as mentioned and things like that, that are finding themselves in that pit. And then the next thing you know, they're in this perpetual craving cycle where you have those giant tsunamis you were talking about. Right. Right. Or the coffee. And then they reach for more coffee in the afternoon. Then that spikes their cortisol. And then they, you know, and then they, they, they crash down before dinner and it just, it, it makes for um, a really uneven and erratic glucose pattern, which can honestly make you feel crummy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, so as long as your pancreas is working correctly and you have a decent amount of insulin sensitivity, you can handle quite a, quite a lot of carbs. It's that perpetual cycle where our blood glucose is constantly elevated that we start to see trouble with people. And that's usually a bad path to go down. But I also like to explain it this way too. People are like, oh, well, I'll just fix that by going keto or I'll fix that by going low carb. But it depends on the person and the situation too, right? Because if you have somebody that's like perpetually stressed, for example, but may eat a great diet, they may also have blood glucose spikes because cortisol liberates blood glucose. So it may not just be diet too. And that's something that you can see clearly if you're continuously monitoring what's going on. That's I see it in my, in my members data all the time. I have members that have very stressful jobs that are like, they're going into work. They make a little note, you know, 8am going into work and their glucose goes up and they've had, you know, they haven't even had anything to eat or whatever it is. You know, they've worked out that morning. There's no other reason except for stress. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had people have a short spike uh, in the afternoon from a stressful phone call, I've had, you know, you, you can really see, you know, an argument with a spouse or a partner, something like that, stressful, um, you know, driving conditions, things like that. People have no idea that their body is physically reacting to the stress in their lives. And this is a huge wake up call for a lot of people that stress management is so crucial because we see it on a chronic level, chronic stress can raise that baseline glucose. And then that in the moment stress, if that's happening all the time, that can spike your glucose as well. Like you said, sort of that fight or flight, you know, I'm being chased by a lion. Not really. I'm sitting at my desk, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and you, and you've just got this flood of glucose in your system. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think there's a lot to it, but you also see this unfold in people's sleep patterns. I mean, how many people now have insomnia that can often be linked to blood glucose dysregulation via either a blood sugar dysregulation or cortisol issues with adrenal function and stuff like that. So you're starting to see some of this more and more frequently and people are just like, well, well, I have anxiety. So I wake up, but sometimes that's not necessarily the case. Can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, when it comes to the anxiety and the mental health and glucose, we're we're really starting to like dive into that. I think people have been ignoring it a lot um, and there's not a ton of research out there right now. It's kind of hard to link the causality of it, mm -hmm. but I definitely think that there's, um, you know, 
correlation, causation. I think there's correlation. I don't know that we can definitively prove the causation right now, but Mm -hmm. um, that dysregulation in your glucose can absolutely cause feelings of anxiety. Because remember, like we said, you have this huge increase, then you have this crash, you feel jittery, you feel uncomfortable, your body's craving certain things all of that provokes feelings of anxiety, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in your system. And so having, then then you're having brain fog. And if you're not properly fueling your body and you're just continuing to pump insulin, you know, to pump glucose in and then pump out the insulin, you're not fueling it in the way that your brain and your body needs. Mm -hmm. So it's super important. And we are seeing that, you know, there is a link between the two and that when you do regulate your glucose, that so many more of your mental health uh, issues can be mitigated from it. Mm -hmm. So I guess I want to know what are some things that are caused by high blood glucose? I don't know why I can't say that today. I'm having issues with a tongue twister, apparently. Um, What are some things that are linked to high blood glucose? Um, And how can this be important also in the weight loss space? Because I think it's, it's a huge factor and you can see that a lot when you run labs on people. So how can this impact somebody's ability to lose weight? Yeah. Uh, well, first there's the chronic disease, um, uh, uh, element of chronically, uh, high fasting or chronically high blood glucose, whether it's fasting or not. Um, we see that there's an increased risk for atherosclerosis, increased risk for cancer, increased risk for, um, you know, dyslipidemia, so many of those chronic diseases. And when you look at metabolic health and metabolic, uh, you know, the five, um, symptom, uh, five signs of metabolic dysregulation, blood glucose is one of the five, right? Waist circumference, LDL, HDL, all of the triglycerides. Um, and, and glucose is one of them. And frankly, I think it should be one of the most important ones that people are measuring for that metabolic syndrome. Um, so that's kind of on the chronic level and we can go into it, you know, the, the, the high glucose can lead to inflammation. Uh, that can also lead to glycation of the LDL particles, which can then lead to over time atherosclerosis, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we definitely want to want to mitigate that in terms of those longer term uh, chronic disease risks. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to weight loss, it's so I think it's it's so interesting to see that people are using this tool for that because I think it's a really powerful tool for weight loss. Some people think it's like, you know, a silver bullet. It's like, oh, all of a sudden I'm going to realize something, but it's more over time. It can be used as an accountability tool, of course. Um, But I think it can highlight those areas where it's not just about calorie counting, right? That's not, that's not what we're doing here. That's not what looking at this, this is about making better choices. This is about emphasizing protein. This is about looking at fiber, looking at healthy fats. These are all the things that you can do to mitigate a spike that can also help increase your satiety that can help you manage your cravings that can help increase your energy levels that can reduce your inflammation all of these things help lead you to weight loss, right? Mm -hmm. We are not about putting someone on a ketogenic diet. If you want to be on one, that's completely fine. Um, You know, we're sort of diet agnostic. It doesn't really matter what you're doing. We will help Mm -hmm. you. Um, But it's important to know what's going on in your, in your body, just because someone else is, is a vegan, you know, doing this doesn't mean that that's necessarily the best thing for for your body to be Mm -hmm. following. And that's why the CGM is so great for that. I think there's so many aha moments like aha sushi. 
I thought this was so helpful. I actually end up spiking my glucose and I feel like garbage afterwards, right? Alcohol can be a, a really um, eye opener for a lot of people by using the CGM. They think, oh, it's fine to drink and I'm having this and that. And the other. They don't realize what they're eating afterwards or what it's doing to their glucose that then is perpetuating them to have a snack or, you know, to overeat later on at night or to disrupt their sleep later on at night. So it's all these aha moments that can help people that are, you know, perhaps in a weight loss plateau, they're in a rut and they're like, wait a minute, I didn't realize what was actually going on. And then they can make the behavior changes to help get them outside that rut. Yeah. I think the education piece is huge as far as that goes, because you start to learn if I eat just an apple, maybe my glucose goes up. I mean, it's variable per person, right? But if I eat just an apple, maybe my glucose goes up. But if I pair it with the fat, like peanut butter, it stays really solid, you know? And you start learning how to pair and manipulate things so that you're able to keep a better baseline without those giant swings. Right, right. And then you're reducing your cravings, you're fueling your body, and it's motivating. It's it's like, it's like instantaneous positive feedback. You're like, oh my gosh, I think so much with, weight loss is like, oh, I'm just waiting around. Like when, you know, when am I going to see some results? And it's like, I think that you can get this positive reinforcement from making really healthy meal choices and movement choices and stress, you know, ways to manage your stress that all of a sudden people are like, oh, I just feel so much better. Even if the scale might not be reflecting it right away, you're getting that positive reinforcement of healthy behaviors that eventually will lead to weight loss. Well, and more balanced glucose, as you said, leads to less inflammation. It decreases all sorts of other things that also contribute to the inability to lose weight. So over right. time, if you start to level all these things out, then you are going to see dividends paid later in your weight loss journey. Right. And I also, especially with women, I also really emphasize the importance of strength training with them. And it's not about just, you know, getting on the elliptical for three hours a day. It's really important to build that lean body mass so that you have storage for glucose mm -hmm. and that therefore you will have improved body composition. And sometimes it's not even about losing weight or the number on the scale, right? It's just about feeling strong, looking strong, you know, feeling energized, like your body is moving again and feeling really good again. Sometimes that's even more important than the weight loss number, right? Mm -hmm. And so we, I really like to emphasize that with people is that it's like, sure, we could count calories, sure, we can count macros, but let's focus on things we can add. Like let's add in some strength training. Let's add in heavier weights. Let's mm -hmm. really make some difference here. And people feel so much better when they start to do that. Absolutely. And that's definitely my wheelhouse. People have heard me preach it a million times because that's what I do. Uh, but, you know, getting that muscle density so you have the place to put the glucose, right? You, like you said, is very important. You don't get that out of cardio. Another thing I find, especially in women now, is that they're under chronic stress. They start doing cardio. That's actually more stressful to their system and it's causing more dysregulation. So there's a certain amount that's great, but what's being done as, as the traditional health and weight loss standard that we think we need is oftentimes being overdone. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it, it's so important. I think women need to hear it over and over and over again, right? Lifting mm -hmm. weights you know, isn't going to make you heavier, bulkier, anything like that. Um, you will mm -hmm. feel so much better the more muscle you have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've been trying to be bulky for like 10 years now. It's not, <laughs> it's not working, you know, like there's, I know enhanced people that are trying to get bulky and they're still not there. So it doesn't happen easy. Uh, that's for darn sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that 
strength training is huge actually on a bone density level as well i mean that's not blood glucose related necessarily but there's so many people that are having to be put on medications and things for osteoporosis and stuff and i'm seeing more and more frequently now that medical professionals are actually prescribing strength training versus medications which is a really awesome thing to see yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it all, it's all that functional movement, right? I mean, you, you want to be able to get up off the ground. You want to be able to lift up something heavy. I mean, those are those markers of longevity, you know, like your grip strength, things like that. Those are the markers of those who will live to a hundred versus those who won't. Mm-hmm. So let's talk, um, athletic performance then. What are some ways that we can use this as a tool for athletic performance? Yeah, we get a ton of athletes, either just, you know, people that want to optimize their CrossFit or, um, you know, someone who's training for their first 5k or 10k, whatever it is up to major endurance athletes, people that are running marathons. Um, And a lot of times, you know, what you, uh, some people are really keyed into their nutrition. They've done a ton of experiments. They kind of know what's going on, but I think a lot of times with athletes, they're sort of going by a prescription or going by a recommendation and not really listening to their body. Um, and so I think what you can see in the CGM data is like, okay, you can really, you can overlay your workouts with your glucose data and obviously log in your meals. So you can say, okay, this is how I did using, you know, an energy gel at hour one energy gel hour two, right? This is how I did having dates and an applesauce, you know, hour one, hour two, like, you know, you can, you can change up the way that you're fueling and you can see how your body's responding to it. Plus you can mentally note, like I finished stronger, you know, on that run. And I was, you know, dead after that cycling thing, you know, whatever, whatever the exercise is. Um, Also, you can work with your nutritionist to really help fuel you beforehand, you know, do you have time? Are you working out fasted or fed? That's sort of the primary, that's the first starter. Um, you know, are you working out in the morning or the afternoon? What's your schedule? Like, what do you have time for? Um, and then you can talk about, well, let's start from whenever your workout is let's work our way backwards and work our way afterwards. Are we going to, you know, how, what kind of carbs are we going to have beforehand? What kind of protein and carbs are we going to have afterwards? And what's the timing? Like, you know, you got to make sure you're getting it in at least within that hour, maybe two hours after your workout. Um, but you can also see how your body responds if you don't refuel properly. I mean, it can really feel pretty crummy afterwards and you're just not seeing the results that you want over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this individualized thing is a huge thing to put in here because like you said, it is easy. I mean, I know as a coach, I'm guessing all the time, right. And you're having to get good feedback, but when you have hardcore data saying, Hey, yeah, you did bonk out during this workout or Hey, your blood glu- glucose was in the seventies and sixties while you were trying to be a bodybuilder at the gym. All of these things are not aligned. It might be aligned for the gen pop person that's going in, but say you're working with an elite athlete, you need to know that you are getting that nutrient partitioning and that it's happening correctly. And if they're having issues during their workout, you know, you have to make changes. So it's, it gives you a lot of data in order to individualize care for people. Absolutely. And you can overlay it. Like, you know, how did you sleep last night? Like, where did we come in? What was your baseline, you know, coming into this workout? How was your stress levels? Like what happened before your workout? You know, what kind of, do you have any injuries? Do you have any inflammation going on in your system? Um, are you sick? You know, all those kinds of things. We can kind of see that in your glucose. Like, why are you 10 points higher today than you were yesterday? Like what's happening, you know, and that that's where you can start to see those trends. And specifically with female athletes too, you know, where are you in your cycle? Um, because that will depend on, you know, how, how, 
how um, uh, sensitive you are to to glucose and to insulin, uh, depending on if you're at the beginning or the end of your cycle. So all of that plays a factor. It's it's really so personalized. Mm-hmm. So lots of great talking points here. What are some other things that we need to know about blood glucose that are important things that people or the average person maybe can do to optimize it? Yeah, I think my really cheesy line that my husband always like rolls his eyes at is um, I always tell people, I say, after you eat, move your feet. So if you are not, not a huge athlete, maybe you're, you're recovering from an injury or you're just getting started. um, Just move, just move more after you eat, get up and walk around, go do chores, walk around the block, grab your dog, grab your partner, whatever it is, grab your, you know, your friend. And instead of meeting for a glass of wine, go walk, get up and walk around and move. Your body will use up the incoming glucose that you have. If you have a desk job, get up after lunch and walk around for 10 minutes, walk the stairs, whatever it is, you will have much better glucose control. You will feel better. You will have more energy. You will have sustained hunger and satiety levels. It will, you will do so much better. So that's my free tip. That That's mm-hmm. what, that's what any one can do no matter where you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other thing is, you know, with the summer months, uh, hydration is really key. I think obviously people talk about it all the time. Um, but it's something just always to hammer home. We actually do, we can see an elevated, uh, glucose with my, even mild dehydration. So some people are doing saunas, they're doing you know, some sort of heat elements and stuff like that, that we really want to make sure that you're properly rehydrating your body afterwards. Um, depending on where you live, it can be, if you're in Texas, it's brutally hot right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's the other thing, right? Some people just, it's like, you think it's so simple, but you fall off the wagon with your hydration. It's super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I explain this and stress and everything. It's like a bucket, right? So maybe you have some insulin sensitivity issues going on. Maybe you are dehydrated. Maybe you haven't had a lot of sleep and all these things can culminate into something bigger. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the stress piece is really huge. Like you touched on where we are in the world today. No, I mean, I rarely do I ever hear anyone say like, no, no stress. Things are great. You know, it's, it's difficult. We are all handling a lot right now. Um, and if you can take some time to institute any kind of, um, you know, stress relief, again, exercise is a huge stress relief. So is breathing. So is, you know, maybe some meditation, if that's your thing, uh, or again, just, just getting proper sleep, you will help yourself so much in the long run, as opposed to letting that get out of control. Mm -hmm. Now, so let's talk a little bit about the app because I've personally not used it, but I'm assuming it's similar to some of the other modalities. So yes, you can get a regular continuous glucose monitor out there, but there's some differences as you don't, you're not able to, if you get a regular continuous glucose monitor to see the trends based on certain things. Whereas I'm assuming in your app, you can go in and you can put markers on things. Like you said, somebody said, went to work you can put markers on things and you can start to see the trends. And that might be as easy as, can you take pictures of meals and not have to log them? You just take a picture. I had a feeling. Uh, If you take, uh, if you take pictures of things, it might just be a picture of a burger and fries, right? But you know what, what that means in your own head. You don't have to go in and physically log this meal um, or workouts. You can start adding tags on things that show the trends like overall. Yep. And it pulls in your data from your Apple watch or, you know, whatever wearables that you have going on. So again, 
all that data gets overlaid your glucose numbers. So it's fascinating. Um, you know, as much as people can can add into it, they can really see what's going on. And it's it's really interesting over time. So yeah, so so our app, you download your your the data is stored on the glucose monitor, you scan it to our app and it downloads and we slice and dice it. I mean, 17 ways to Sunday. You can see your variability from the past two days. You can see your variability from the past two months. You can you know, see what your average glucose is. We do a morning average, which is our sort of facsimile of a, of a fasting glucose. We have a sleep average, so you can see how you're sleeping at night. Um, we give daily scores, we give meal scores. Uh, it's so fascinating to see all the data. We also just have our own you know, education. You can just kind of learn on your own with in the app. Um, and then you also have your own personalized nutritionist helping you out for the whole month uh, of your first month. So you have someone there that's watching your trends saying, Hey, I noticed when you had this, your glucose did that. Well, let's try this and let's see what happens, right? We mm -hmm. have seen thousands and thousands of hours of glucose data, thousands of members. We've seen it all. I mean, I would think all, <laughs> I mean, sometimes we're surprised, um, but you know, we've seen it all. We have so many great recommendations, but again, it's about meeting you where you are. If your mm -hmm. goal is to lower your fasting glucose, we will help you there. If your goal is to get into ketosis, we can help you do that. Right. So um, it's really wonderful to have that guide or accountability partner to help motivate you to get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys also offer recommendations, like you said, on how maybe next time instead of this, add some extra fiber or add some fats or, you know, things like that. Totally. And, you know, um, a lot of people come to us with different eating windows, right? Some people are intermittent fasting. Some people are not fasting. Some people are afraid to fat, you know, we can maybe time your meal differently and say, Hey, have you thought, you know, we talked about nighttime a lot, right? Earlier. Um, and, what what we find is that we are all less sensitive to insulin at night, right? It's just harder for all of us to process carbohydrates at night. Doesn't mean mm -hmm. you can't have carbohydrates, but it's just how can we make how can we optimize that? Can you eat your dinner an hour earlier? Could you maybe have fewer carbs at night and really load them earlier in the day when you're going to have more activity and your body's going to be able to handle it better, right? We mm -hmm. can see all of that. We can make those little tips and and tricks and offerings and say, okay, instead of having dessert at nine o'clock why don't you give yourself a treat and have dessert after lunch, right? If that's when you want to have it, your body will handle it better. Mm -hmm. Are there any other ways or, or any things that you see that blood glucose can improve your health? Any other ways uh, it can improve your health? Like oh, other ways that, that we can optimize it? Like some, yeah, some like other ways that improving your blood glucose can help with your health journey. Yeah. You know, I think it, I think it just depends on where you're coming from. I think a lot of women come from, you know, maybe a, a PCOS or like a you know, hormonal um, aspect and there's some dysregulation there. We definitely find that regulating your glucose can help regulate your cycle. So if you're having trouble conceiving, or if you've been diagnosed with PCOS and you know, maybe you're on metformin or something, really diving into what's going on with your body can be so helpful in managing those conditions and helping you kind of get back on, on the right track. Um, we have people that come to us with autoimmune issues, with GI issues, thyroid issues, all kinds of stuff. And when you can 
learn what's what what's optimal for your body in terms of intake and stress and maybe you want to go gluten free for a little bit you can see how your body can quiet down or flare up depending on what's going on again i like to compare it to a window right like you can see again if you've been given uh, a diagnosis and you're like well wait i need to learn more about this this is a great way for you to see what's happening inside of you and to test things out right to really test out well if i add this or if i take away that how do i feel Mm-hmm. I love that. So I guess if there was one thing that you could leave people with on this podcast, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, that it's never too late. It's never too late to prevent disease and to optimize your health. It doesn't matter where you are in your journey, in your life. It's never too late to make a change, even if it's a small one, right? Even if it's just getting one extra hour of sleep, it's never too late to make those changes. Anyone can do it. It doesn't doesn't have to be anything dramatic, uh, but you can make changes to better your health. Mm-hmm. Well, and I agree with that. I'm kind of the creature of that, right? There's so many fitness people that want to sell you these crazy programs when if you're just doing all sorts of things, just eliminating one or two things at a time and mastering those skills first and then moving forward is a great way to do things rather than to dive in head first into something crazy and then feel unsuccessful when you can't maintain it, right? I know, I know, totally. So if people want to look more into you and what you do, how do they find you? Yeah. So I always joke, if you just say NutriSense three times near your phone, it'll just start pinging you with all our ads. <laughs> it's uh, everyone's listening. Um, but yes, you can find us uh, on all the social media platforms, uh, Instagram at NutriSenseIO. You can find us on the web at www.NutriSense.io. And what I will say is come check out our website. If you're on the fence, if you're like, oh, I'm not totally sure uh, how this would be applicable to me, or if I could really benefit from it. We have an amazing blog. We call it the journal. And there's so many wonderful research-based, we are evidence-based nerds there. Nothing, you know, everything has to have a reason why. (laughs) Um, And our, it's a really great bite size way to say, oh, okay, weight loss. And we have a whole section on weight loss. We have a gorgeous ebook um, on weight loss plateaus that you can download for free. Um, And you can really see how a CGM can apply to you and, and help benefit your lifestyle. I love that. Well, I will make sure and put all your guys' stuff in the notes as well so people can look more into you. And I really appreciate you spending a couple minutes with me today to talk about blood glucose. Thank you so much, Connie. I appreciate it. It was super fun. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about me, my online programs, or to inquire about coaching, please visit www.connynightingale.com. And remember, nothing in the contents of this show is intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any illness, and it is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your primary care physician before implementing any new health protocols.